Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is going down right here. Good morning, fantasy players. It is FST on a Tuesday, December 18th. Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle taking you through the next hour as we look back on Monday Night Football and Week 15 and get you ready for the way to approach your fantasy championship. A lot of news and notes to bring up with you. And we'll also take a look at the NFL playoff picture and what that means for their fantasy players and if you could trust them going into your fantasy championship. It's Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle. Scotty, how you feeling bright and early on this Tuesday morning? Feeling good. Made the Super Bowl in uh, five and ten, my ten leagues, uh, which I think is a good percentage. And if you're listening this morning with a lot of intent, you know, congratulations to you because this is the week in fantasy sports. This is this is the spotlight week in fantasy sports. This is the one week in all of fantasy sports that people want to be playing in more than any other week in fantasy sports. People want to be in their fantasy Super Bowl in fantasy sports more than any other game, more than any other matchup in, in, in the, the entire hobby slash industry. Because uh, if you're playing in Week 16, it means your league is legit, and it means you're in your fantasy Super Bowl. This is the most important week on the fantasy football calendar. Absolutely, and so, you know, we're going to spend some time getting you ready for it all week long. Scotty, you know I always say the goal of all this is to win your league and win that cash, and that is what's happening for people over the next seven days, okay? You're going to get ready for it. It's going to start on Saturday, two games on Saturday, the big slate on Sunday, and then, of course, Monday night football. It'll be Broncos and Raiders with some championships hanging in the balance. That'll be next Monday night. Scotty, let's look back at last night, Monday night. The New Orleans Saints get a 12-9 to win uh, to go to 12-2 and and take out the Panthers. But Drew Brees didn't necessarily have a great effort. Uh, 23 of 35, 203 yards and one interception. Not exactly the production Brees owners were looking for in the fantasy semifinals. No, it's been, been a disappointing week for fan- fantasy quarterbacks overall. You know, it seemed like the scoring was down for the position, but, you know, Breeze is just, he's not, he's been, he hasn't been matching up to the narrative the last few weeks at all. Uh, you know, his play has really declined from a fantasy perspective. He has two touchdown passes in his past three games, and uh, in three of his last four, he has failed to crack 205 yards. So he's slowing down in an opportune time of year. Yeah, absolutely. And then here's the thing with him slowing down uh, that also 
uh, correlates to Michael Thomas, who was one of the, you know, probably the number one wide receiver for most of the fantasy season. He was really struggling in the first half, got it a little bit going in the second half, but still finishes seven for 49. You know, his 12 points that he got, to be quite honest, left me short in one of my fantasy semis that I, I lost by about eight points. I could have used more than 12 out of Michael Thomas as well. Yeah, it was a disappointing night for Michael Thomas. I mean, you could talk about the final total, 11 points, but uh, I think fantasy owners really got used to him producing a lot more than that the, se- the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, James Bradbury and uh, Eric Reed, that secondary, did a nice job on Michael Thomas last night playing very physical ball against him. Absolutely. If you look on the uh, Saints side, excuse me, the Panthers side of things, listen, Scott, Christian McCaffrey is an absolute stud. He is, at this point in time, the Carolina Panthers offense, 53 yards on the ground, another 67 uh, via the passing game, so 120 scrimmage yards. And even without scoring a touchdown, he gets a passing touchdown, however, Scotty. So, listen, he gets, what, 120 scrimmage yards, another 50-yard touchdown pass, and eight catches. So Christian McCaffrey continues to be a stud who I now say I would warrant as a top five pick next year, but McCaffrey is a stud, Scott. He is the entire offense. It's just they hand him the ball. They give it to him on a halfback pass. They throw it him on flat passes and swing passes out of the backfield. They throw it to him on a slant. This guy's just a complete workhorse, and he shows no signs of wearing down. Yep, absolutely. Um, When we talk about Christian McCaffrey, there's no signs of wearing down. Someone who I do think, though, Scotty, unfortunately, I believe is exhibiting signs of slowing down, and that's Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton. I think Cam is hurt more than he's letting on. I talked about it last hour, Scott, and I'll reiterate it now. He goes 16 of 29, 131 yards. He throws a pick as well, but honestly, he just doesn't look right, Scott. His throws are off target. He looks like there's a a hitch in his shoulder. We know he's been on the injury report for the last couple of weeks. We saw them bring in the backup quarterback to throw a Hail Mary at this point about two weeks back. I think something's wrong with Cam, Scott. Yeah, I don't think that's anything new. Uh, we've seen him for so many weeks now, just take what the defense gives him. And it's, you know, in week 13, four interceptions, and in the last two games, no touchdown passes. Yep. So, you know, if you've been riding with Cam Newton all season long, um, you know, and now you're into your fantasy championship, you may, you know, you may need to consider whoever that QB2 is on your roster. Consider, you know, whoever that bench guy is that's been toiling like, um, you know, that's been kind of your QB2 that you've seen in the ranks as like 15 or 16. You may have to consider them over Cam Newton. I'll be very interested to see where you have Cam in your lineup ranks this week, Scott. Um, The one other question I want to ask you about, and I'm going to zoom out a little bit, okay? Because there was a point in time where I thought the Carolina Panthers were going to win this game, Scott. I really did. And so if you look at the big boys heading into this week, you know, the number one and two seeds in the AFC and in the NFC, coming into this week in the NFC, Rams were the one seed. They lost. Saints were the two seed. They got a win, but they only put up 12 points. And then over in the AFC, the one seed was the Chiefs. They lost. The two seed was the Patriots. They lost. Are we seeing a tightening 
uh, a tightening of the of the playoff picture here, Scott? Or, you know, when we were talking in the middle of the season how defense is dead in the NFL, there's no way that there's any good defenses. Are we now at a point of the season, though, Scott, where, A, it's a little colder and defenses mean a little bit more? Or is it just like we've gotten more and more tape on some of these offenses like the Saints, like the Chiefs, like the Rams? And so maybe teams are understanding a little bit better how to defend some of these prolific offenses. I think that's all true. Uh, but like we saw in last year's Super Bowl, though, that uh, the high-flying offenses are still going to get it done in a lot of cases. And it might in the playoffs, it still might be. Can you stop the other team? Yes, but can you keep up with them? I think that's the worry I would have a team about the, like the Chicago Bears. Right, although the Bears are top five in offense as well, Scott. The Bears and the Chargers are the only two teams in the NFL that are top, I forget if it's top five or top seven, something like that, but both in offensively and defensively. Last few weeks, that offense hasn't looked too impressive, though. Yeah, maybe that's the number. They also have only had Mitch Trubisky back for the one of those last few weeks. A lot of that time you're talking about Chase Daniel was their quarterback, Scott. Well, I'm talking about, you know, the, the last few weeks that Trubisky has been back. You know, they haven't looked too sharp. Okay. Um, I do believe they are 2-0 and in those games, though. So uh, that's yeah, ultimately... Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, that doesn't mean that their offenses looked high-flying either, though. Fair enough. You know, but they, they took care of the Rams in one of those, and that's where they may... I didn't say they I, looked like a crap team. I said their offense hasn't looked too impressive. Okay, but so here's the question. Um, you know, originally we came into this saying, like, can these teams that have good defenses, can they keep up with them? You know, there may also be a scenario, though, where their defenses are good enough to rule the day and they don't have to keep up with them per se. We've seen what the Rams did up against this, uh, you know, Bears defense. We've seen now what the, uh, the, the Saints did up against the Dallas defense. So the question is maybe the premise is faulty. Maybe the premise of having to keep up with them is something of a misnomer because when we've seen these matchups, sometimes the style makes fight and it has been a lower scoring game. I think once it comes to the playoffs, though, it's, it's just it's a different atmosphere. It's, you know, Mitch Trubisky has no playoff experience whatsoever. So for, for him to keep up with Drew Brees hmm. on the turf, you know, in, in, on the fast track there in sure. New Orleans, it's, I wouldn't be betting on it. How does that same narrative or that same kind of take apply to a guy like Patty Mahomes, who also has no playoff experience? Uh, I think that's something that's, you know, gives Philip Rivers a little bit of an advantage, even though he's got a losing playoff record in his career. Hmm. Uh, you can go two ways with Mahomes. Uh, with, with Mahomes, it's it's like, you know, maybe he doesn't. Mahomes is so so. How should I say? I don't think reckless is the word, but so aggressive. That I don't think he lets that creep in with him, but at the same time, like he could be much more to have much more of a tendency to make a big mistake with the, with the game on the line, and that's what I would worry about. Yeah, the uh, the variance is high with the gunslinger, right? That's always with the aggressive play. That's kind of always the ripple effect that it looks great when he's making these plays 40 yards across his body, but if that one time in the playoff he makes that gamble and it turns into a pick six, that could be the narrative for the entire offseason. We talked about some of these high-flying offenses led by these quarterbacks. Scotty, going into this week in the last couple of weeks, many people have started to say – 
that uh, the MVP is pretty much a two-horse race. You know, a lot of people that I hear think that, you know, there are two candidates that are head and shoulders above the rest and that those two candidates are Patty Mahomes and Drew Brees. However, Drew Brees, you just mentioned, has, you know, not been as strong the last couple of weeks. Patty Mahomes had his lowest passing yards effort of his season last week against the Chargers. I think he only had 243 yards passing. That was his lowest effort of the week. He has a very tough matchup defensively uh, this week as well. Let me ask you something. Do you believe that the MVP race in the NFL this year is still a two-horse race? Is it still Patty Mahomes, Drew Brees, and then a gap to everyone else? Or has a guy like, oh, I don't know, Phillip Rivers potentially entered the conversation, engineering two incredible comebacks in the last couple of years against a last couple of weeks against AFC contenders on the road at Pittsburgh? At Kansas City, does that raise the profile of someone like Phillip Rivers, who, by the way, has the same damn record as the Kansas City Chiefs and, you know, some of these other big-time contenders? Um, are you well? Are you willing or ready to put Phillip Rivers almost in the same tier as Breeze and Mahomes for the MVP race or even, you know, someone on the Rams, whether it be Gurley, Donald, or Goff? I think Rivers is already there. It's not like you do. He's- suddenly extended into the territory. During last night during the broadcast they were talking about the MVP race and it was Yeah, but when I brought this four, up to it you it was four. When I brought this up to four. you literally like last week, you were telling me how no, he's not even close. That's what you were saying last week when I brought up Philip Rivers. So I'm asking if you're I, I thought I said that about Andrew Luck, not Philip Rivers. Uh, you said it about both of them. You said both of them really have no kind of chance that Mahomes and Breeze are light years ahead of everybody. Yeah, else. but it, it's it's changed now after okay. these two big victories. So that's that's what I'm asking. I don't think you. I said it last week. It might have been like a month ago. Okay. But, so uh, regardless, know, that's what I'm asking you. Yeah, but uh, you know he's certainly in the conversation after you know they they wanted Pittsburgh and Kansas City. In fact, you know, personally, I'd, I'd even it, – it's possibly cat, that catapulted him into the lead. Now, you know, you look at, you know, you look at the most valuable player, and, uh, you know, the Saints have been doing it more with defense and a team concept more than, than just a quarterback these last few weeks when we talk about it, Breeze has been playing. Now, for Mahomes, the case is, is that, you know, they lost Kareem Hunt, uh, and their defense has not been that good, but – you know, he's basically he's carried this high flying offense. He's he's been the crux of it. You know, he has he has Kelsey, he has Hill, and he's got a he's got a rotating cast of running backs, and yet, you know, Mahomes is just the way he is playing, just not the numbers he's putting up, but the the highlight reel, the way the way he's been doing it, uh, I think puts him a little bit in the lead when you talk about how people will vote. With Rivers though, he's also lost Gordon, et cetera. He doesn't have a great receiving crew. Uh, not a decorated receiving crew, you know, especially other than Keenan Allen. Really, he's just lost an injury, and he was the crux of those two major, major victories recently. So, to me, it's right now it's a race between Mahomes and Rivers. Aaron Donald is certainly in there, but uh, I think you could also make a case for Gurley on that team. Right now, if I had to vote, it'd be hard for me between Mahomes and Rivers. I probably, I, I might lean slightly towards Rivers. Uh, they're almost like one and one a, and then I probably I probably put Aaron Donald like like third behind that, and I'd probably I don't know if Breeze would be in my race right now. You know the way that he's been playing recently. 
Really? So you're saying that Drew Brees has fallen into like your fourth place vote? Because you remember, Scott, like for votes like this, you know, the MVP, even in baseball, the Cy Young, you know, the voters don't make one vote. Right. They put like four guys or five guys on the ballot and there's like a point system. You have actually figuring out the MVP of, of or like the rookie of the year or a lot of these bets, you know, they or a lot of these awards. They put in a ballot that has like, you know, goes all the way down to like number 10 or number five, something like that. So correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but you now have Drew Brees, who many people do consider the odds on favorite for this award. You have him. He would be your fourth place vote. Is that correct? It sounds like you're saying Mahomes and Rivers. Uh, you're one and two. It sounds like you're taking a member of the Los Angeles Rams as number three, and it sounds like Drew Brees would be your fourth place vote. Do I have that correct? Yeah, but I have to question. He's probably a shaky fourth place. I think if anybody's voting for Brees right now, they feel the Saints are the best, are the best team, and he's their quarterback. Uh, but I think they're just more complete, like than that, where. I don't think there's one outstanding, most valuable player anymore. Uh, you know, they won that game last night, and they won it in spite of Breeze, I think. And that was a big win for them. And when people vote, very often they're going to look at who has the most. I think the two things they look for are the most spectacular statistics right. and the amount of teams in the game won. And I think, I think that's why Mahomes is going to get it. Interesting. The last point I'll say about this, and then when we come back here on FST, we'll talk into like how you should approach your fantasy championship, and we'll also talk about you know if any of these players are going to be worried about their tea times instead of worrying about winning a championship for you. The last thing, and to be quite honest, I think they made this point on the telecast as well. Um, Patrick Mahomes is in his second year, right? His first real year as a starter. Uh, it, it, the way he is and the way he's looked so prolific, you know, one might stand to reason that there may be other seasons down the road where Mahomes will be a uh, MVP contender. That's not necessarily the case for Drew Brees or Phillip Rivers, to be quite honest. Do you think that there'll be more sentimental vote for the veteran who like a Phillip Rivers or a Drew Brees who by all accounts have, you know, three years or less left in their career. Do you think there'll be more of a sentimental vote towards Rivers or Breeze and instead, uh, you know, kind of deprioritizing a Patty Mahomes vote, being like, hey, it's only the kid's second year in the league. He'll have another bite at the apple. Do you think there'll be a sentimental vote towards Rivers and or Drew Breeze? I don't think you can swing it that way for, for Breeze to win based on a sentimental vote. I don't think you can get a group of writer, professional sports writers and – you know, they just give a guy a vote just because he's so deep into his career. Really? Uh, you I don't think, think that happens? I, you don't no, think anybody I, gets the the career I, I think achievement maybe award? One or two writers might do it, but I I think that's pr- virtually impossible to like. You know, expect that across a group of veteran sports. No, I'm not saying collusion and a group like that. That's not what I'm saying, Scott. I'm saying if everybody just like because has a little bit of a twinge of that, you know, if they rank him third instead of fourth on their ballot or second instead of third on their ballot, that the cumulative effect could be a little bit of a bump. I, 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 I don't think that happens. All right. I'd be willing to bet money on it right now. I'll take Drew Brees on your Phillip Rivers call. We can make another gentleman's bet on that, but we'll talk about it. And your approach to the fantasy championship when we come back. It's Dane and Scott on FST, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. 
all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It's FST here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scotty, I got to let people know, if you want to wager on sports or never have and you'd like to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, player props, where you could utilize your DFS skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI. You can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game action. There's so many ways to make money. Go on over to BetDSI, enter the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up to get a 100% deposit bonus match. That's promo code FNTSY101, BetDSI, where players get paid. Scotty, we got a phone uh, caller. Um, it's our guy Kenny in Philly. You think you do, huh? Yeah, I think yeah. I do as well. It's Kenny in Philly. What's going on, Cowboy? We gloating or are we lamenting some uh, some wins and losses? How you doing, Cowboys? Feeling good. How feeling about good. those Saints? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah, how about them Saints? Unfortunately, I was in the uh, semifinals game and uh, even with Keenan Allen out, I, I uh, wound up starting James White over, over uh, Breida yeah. and and I kind of got. That'll do I, it. I, I still would have lost by two points, even if I would have started Breida. But the only thing is, the uh, the guy I was playing against pretty much stacked that Cowboys coach game, which didn't bother me. He had Cooper, he had Zeke, he had uh, uh, Luck. But the guy that, but the guy that killed me was uh, was Marlon Mack, and he had the Dallas defense. But Marlon Mack's two touchdowns pretty much put me over. And then he had Vance McDonald, and of course Vance McDonald get the first touchdown in the Pittsburgh he game. Was that so. touchdown? Yeah, he scored that touchdown. So. uh Hey Scotty, man, you okay this morning, man? Uh, I'm starting to wonder about. I'm starting to wonder about you. To To was was kept out of the Hall of Fame for sentimental reasons. So what makes you think that it won't be a vote for? Either, I don't think either it is, right? Vote Drew. Professional sports writers are not going to vote Drew Brees the MVP on sentimentality. That yeah, you know, that's not how. I they, think the exact opposite, how, Scott. Scott. Well, I roll. think that's exactly what uh, they're going to do. Hey, hey, Scott, I'm just saying that uh, is other circumstances. That's ludicrous. I'm sorry, with all due respect, that's ludicrous. No, 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 no. You know, I'm that's... not saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying there is there's, there's other circumstances why people vote for people besides football. That's pretty much what I'm saying. Yeah, but so they're not, not going it, to do this. These are yeah, veteran Barry Bonds didn't get it because of, his, because of his acting with the writers. These the writers are veteran like professional. That has nothing to do with this. These are veteran professional sports writers. They're not going to make Drew Brees the MVP because of sentimentality. I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't make Brees. I, I, I actually would make Rivers the, uh, the MVP I'm at this point, and it's a three-horse race. It's Rivers, it's Brees, and it's Mahomes. I don't think Donald uh, I'm, is going to. I'm, I'm going to end this right now, okay, because statistics are a huge part of this. When you look at the statistics, Drew Brees doesn't have a prayer of winning this award. Patrick Mahomes has 4,543 passing yards. Drew Brees has almost 1,000 less than that. Drew Brees, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes has 45 touchdown passes and 11 interceptions. Drew Brees has 31 and 5. He, he's not going to touch Patrick Mahomes in the MVP race. The Saints may be the better team, but that doesn't mean Drew Brees is the MVP. I'm not advocating for Breeze to be. I said it, I would say Rivers is Emma's in front at this point. To be honest with you, with everything that's going on over there, but uh, 
But you think so I, you think there's no chance, Scott? You're saying there is no chance? What he, I'm saying is is a group of you know professional riders across the country are not going to give Drew Brees any more weight on the vote because of sentimentality. And if anybody does that, you can probably count those guys on one hand. <laughs> hey, we'll agree to disagree. We'll agree to disagree uh, on that. You got anything else, Kenny and Philly? Um, I'm actually going to put. I'm actually going to play some bets on the uh, on the Chargers to win the Super Bowl here. Got them at fifteen to one. I was going to do something with the Cowboys, but at the last week, I'm I'm so uncertain on them, and I don't. I have no idea what they expect. And I might throw some money on the Colts. Colts hey, Ken, oh my there. goodness, Kenny, the Colts. When yeah, I talked I know, about right? the Colts in August, you yeah, thought I was I crazy. Just like Scott yeah. thinks I'm crazy about this. What do you guys think about this? Uh, Coach might be interested in Le'Veon Bell. The way Marlon Max playing, I don't think they need him. Listen, I've been saying all, all time, ever since Le'Veon Bell, I said the two places that I think he would be very, very interesting would be Indianapolis and Houston. I, I think those are two places that Le'Veon Bell is seriously going to consider because they have younger quarterbacks. Like in the AFC, Tom Brady's going away. Big yeah. Ben's going away. Phillip Rivers is yeah, going away. It's going to be these guys like Deshaun One Watson, more. Andrew Luck, and both of these teams, I hear you, Kenny, both of these teams also have legitimate growing defenses, so Lev Bell could be the cherry on top for both of those teams. That's where I like him going. On to the Saints. Um, I know we're going back to the Dome here. Hopefully we can lock down the first seed. We've got to play Pittsburgh, of course, and uh, hopefully we can get this offense back rolling. I'm glad the defense is up, so uh, we'll see what happens here. Great show, guys. I'm always listening, so. Thanks a lot, Thanks, Kenny. Kenny. We, we completely appreciate it. Uh, Scott, we're going to have to play out I'll this tell you one MVP way Brees can strengthen his case, though. If he goes out and has a huge game against Pittsburgh this week and then against Carolina, too, I think he strengthens his case statistically because him and Rivers are kind of close. But the fact that Rivers won those two games on the road and, you know, all the guys that he lost around him, I think that clearly puts him ahead of Brees. Okay. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, the Saints are the best team in the NFL record-wise right now. And Drew Brees is leading, setting new records. He's setting NFL records this year for, uh, you know, for quarterback rating Career and completion records. percentage. Yeah. No, this year his completion percentage is an NFL record all time this season. Right. But, the you know, the yardage is not there. The That's touchdown fine. That's only one stat. Compared to the other guys. And it's the same I'll just, I'll just thing, leave, I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it at this. You know, we can disagree on this. But you know, sports writers, one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest uh, traits that they have as a group that they pride themselves is on objectivity. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to let sentimentality creep into it. Okay, uh, that is your claim. We'll see what actually winds up happen, happening. Um, we'll, it'll play out, and we'll be able to dissect it when we actually have that information. Um, moving on, Scott. Here's what I want to ask you. You, you know, we talked about we talk about all the time how the layman, how the fans, uh, you know, kind of react are always so reactionary, right? They like the shiny new toy, um, and they really go into it. Let's talk about going into the fantasy championship, Scott, because one of the things we say all the time is to like not overthink things, not get mm-hmm. too cute, you know. And listen, I've already had, you know, but Monday Night Football was not even over yet, you know, and I already had people being like, oh my God, should I do this or this? And it was. Like outlandish reactionary things. Talk to me about how do you keep yourself calm going into the fantasy Super Bowl, Scott? Well, the first thing you do is you go to rotoexperts.com this morning where I wrote Mm -hmm. the fantasy guide to survival for Super Bowl week. And I talk about all these things and how to just not to mentally drive yourself crazy. And the first thing is don't overthink things. When you get to this point, 
you put even more pressure on yourself than ever before in the season. And that's what you can't do. You have to operate calmly and coolly. Uh, if you did it all year, you know, don't change now. And now, now's not the time to be overthinking things. And you know how you know when you overthink things? When you ask yourself the same question like 50 times and then you go ask three different fantasy experts for their opinion or five different fantasy experts. And the two biggest things are not to overthink things mm-hmm. and not to worry about the other team. A lot of people will sit there and obsess about the other team's roster. And sometimes we'll even make moves based on that. And you can't right. do that. Worry about what you can control. All you can control is making the most informed decisions for your lineup and then setting the lineup because you can't control anything after, you know, once you set the lineup and kickoff starts. You can't control who the other team plays. And you can't look at them on paper before the game and, you know, say, uh-oh, I'm going to lose. they got a really good, powerful lineup. You know, last week if you face a team that had, say, Saquon Barkley, Lamar Miller, Andrew Luck, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, uh, Zach Ertz, you didn't feel good, and then you probably won. So you can't overthink things. You can't overreact. Uh, you know, there are certain things that people do all year long, like you talk about, like, complaining and, like, after, you know, one quarter that your guy hasn't done nothing. Don't right. overreact to Thursday night games. Don't freak out about weather. You know, if there's no wind there, you know, every report is, is not different. So, you know, have some confidence. You've got this far. It's not easy to get this far. So, you know, don't start crumbling now. Can we talk about weather, Scott? Because we are now in mid to late December, right? And people are going to ask me questions. I don't know what the weather forecast is like across the country for this Sunday, right? But people are going to ask me questions like, oh, what about that snow in X city? You know, or what about it's the wind there? And, and we always said that the rain isn't that big of a deal. But the Giants put up squadoosh in the rain on Sunday. We say the rain isn't that big of a deal, but it, you know, when a team like Tampa Bay is going to Baltimore and dealing with that weather, you know, they, they, they weren't able to do it. So talk to me about the weather as it relates to rain, snow, and wind. Am I correct that wind is actually the worst of the three? Probably. Yeah, and that's what I talk about in the new article at rotoexperts.com. It, it really depends. You know, you talk about with rain, you know, there's variance on the types of rain and, you know, the wind gusts and things like that. There was very strong wind gusts in New Jersey this past week. You know, they were mm-hmm. right about on the 15-mile-an-hour cusp. You know, and then you got, you know, is it going to be driving rain? Is it is it going to be a light rain? And the thing that people always do is they overreact sometimes. There was one game in Kansas City, uh, I think, early in the season where it was absolutely pouring like prior to game time, and then everything cleared up. So mm-hmm. you can't look at something at 10 o'clock in the morning and freak out either. Now, so what do you do, the, Scott? What do you do? What, if it's what, like yours, it's Sunday morning, it's 1130, what do you do? Do you look at weather reports? Do you not care at all? Do you ignore it? I do. It's, it's I noon do. on Sunday. What do you do? Yeah, I do. There's this one site, NFLweather.com, and they have forecasts by quarters. And nice. what I really look for is the first thing uh, I look for is the wind gusts. If it's 15 miles an hour, or, below, or or over, then I, then I start becoming concerned, especially if it hits above 20. If if it's snowing, well, is it a light snow? Is it a heavy snow? Will the snow be cleared up before the game? Uh, I think you can't just react when when there's adverse weather. You know, if it's a, people say, oh, I'm so worried, you know, about the weather in, say, New Jersey. And then, right. you, you know, you go to NFLweather.com and it says light rain with seven-mile-an-hour winds. You know, you look at... Last week, people worried about San Francisco, Seattle, but it was only, 
it, it, there was a, the rain that was like there was different levels of it, and the winds were only six miles an hour. It didn't affect the passing game whatsoever. So not all reports are created equal. I think the best way to answer that is to say, you know, take every individual report on its own and get all the information that you can. The wind is the most important thing, but you have to see if it's rain or it's snow, is it going to be a heavy storm or is it going to be a light rain? Is it going to be a light snow? You know, you just can't freak about out the weather, period. Especially in snow, sometimes the offense has the advantage because the defense is the one that has to react to the offense and they can't get the proper foot. Right. Yep, the offense at least knows where they're going. The defense has to react. One last thing when we talk about approach, um, and, and if, you know, maybe this is just a speeds the spitting statistician kind of thing. I like to hedge my bets, Scott. I like to hedge my bets. If I've reached a fan, like, for example, you know I've been a Chargers fan, right? I've been a Chargers uh, backer all season long. If the Chargers do make the Super Bowl, I'm probably going to put some money on whoever they're playing against, you know, to hedge my bet. You know, and in the same vein, Scotty, I mentioned this briefly last week, and I think it got a chuckle out of you. So in my Super Bowls right now, in my fantasy Super Bowls, you know what I'm probably going to do? I am probably going to make a DFS lineup that is rooted in my opponent's players. That's rooted in my opponent's players. So, for example, in one of my Super Bowls, I'm bringing it up right now, okay? I'll bring up my matchup right now. And, you know, my my opponent is a stud. He's going to have Cam Newton, Michael Thomas, Robert Woods, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott, you know, these kind of guys. What am I going to do? I'm going to turn around and make a DFS lineup with all those guys, okay? And then this way, Scott, if my season-long Super Bowl opponent blows up to beat me in the fantasy championship, well, at least... I probably cashed in a, in, a, in a DFS tournament. How do you like that one, Scotty? You said you love it. Uh, is this me being cute or is this tr- just trying to hedge my bet or uh, do you like this? I think it's you being cute and I absolutely love it. You know, <laughs> there was something else earlier in the season that you told me you'd do too that I was, thought was fantastic. I can't remember what it is right now. I'm trying to, trying to calm my mind. I don't I just, remember. Uh, was it me picking up the defenses two weeks ahead or something like that? That I liked a lot just strategically, but there was something else funny that you you did early <laughs> in this season that I oh. never heard anybody else do. I was saying something maybe like with trades, how they've like already got through their buy, and you were like, oh, yeah, if you want to sell that, maybe that'll work. Something like that, I think it was. No. Yeah? All right. Well, if, if you, you remember you remind it. me, I know what it is, but. But you like this, this one? This beautiful. DFS lineup of your opponent? Because imagine like, you know, like say you're playing on, on a certain site and like you lose right. big time. But then that's you right. cash like, if sure. you cash like, say, $1,000 exactly. grand, that's exactly. what you were winning the league anyway. Right. And, like, you know, my ego is fine because then what does that mean? I get whatever – and here's the thing. In most leagues that I know, if you lose in the fantasy championship, you're still profitable in that league. You know what I mean? Like the season, the championship runner-up, you usually get some prize money, right? So you're still probably profitable. And then if, if it blows up, if I got a championship caliber team – Right, like I'm projected to put up 165 in this league, which is a pretty good number. My opponent's projected to put up 171, so it's gonna take a lot to win. You know, we got two good teams going at it. So if my uh, if my opponent blows up, and you know, let's say I win a thousand dollars in DFS or even less, you know, that's a little bit of extra cash. It certainly mitigates the blow, shall we say? One thing I want to also uh, mention here. Scotty is, you know, a lot of people have been asking me about like, oh, do you think the Rams are going to rest? Is McVay going to rest everybody because they have the NFC West locked up? You know, this sort of thing. I would like to say I've been telling people, no, that's not going to happen. 
But the fact that the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Patriots all lost this week, you know, and the Saints still have a magic number of one, uh, people might have thought two or three weeks ago that stuff would be locked up. Scott, correct me if I'm wrong. There is not a single team in the NFL that doesn't have anything to play for heading into Week 16. The Saints and the Rams at the top of the NFC have the one seed and home field advantage to play for. And if you look at the Chiefs, you know, yeah, they've got a working margin on the two seed, but they don't even have their division wrapped up yet because the Chargers are sitting pretty with the same best record in the AFC. So there is no team in the NFL that you have to worry about, like, resting someone this week. Right, Scotty? Right, and uh, if you're saying the Rams have like wrapped it up and the NFC West will be resting players, there's two problems there. Number one, you're not paying attention. Right. And number two, you, what you're doing is the worst thing you can do in fantasy football, which is uh, you know creating worries where there are none. Absolutely, there are none these concerns right now. Yeah, and the Rams like people to be quite people honest. crack under pressure right now. And yep. I wrote this in my article on RotoExperts.com right now, my new uh, guide to Super Bowl week in fantasy football on nice. the site. I think the worst, most cowardly thing that you can do and shows that you're giving into the pressure is if you split the pot with the other team. Oh, God. Yeah, it's like people people will come to me sometimes and say, hey, you know, why don't we just uh, play that game for fun? And, you know, like if the the prize is like, say, first is 2,000 and second is 500, let's just split it 1,250 now. And I'm like – you know, that is that to me, that's the equivalent of a fantasy football vasectomy. It takes yep. all the excitement out. You you came all this way, you made all these moves and you worked so hard all season long, and now you're go now now you're just going to like, you know, concede this right before the biggest game of the year. To me to me it's the most cowardly thing that you can do and shows you're giving it to the pressure more than anything else. I absolutely agree, Scotty. When we come back, what we'll do is something that's not giving into the pressure, finding the best defenses to stream for your championship week. Dane and Scott, when we come back, it's FST on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Don't let the pressure get to you guys. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Under pressure. Under pressure. Don't crack when you're under pressure this week. Going into your fantasy championship. I mean, Scott over there is rolling on A1A with Ice Ice Baby. Um, But I'm worried about the pressure. That may get to you, and Scott does have a great article right now out there on rotoexperts.com. It is the mark of fantasy excellence, and I do think you need to not let the pressure get to you. Pressure bursts pipes, but it also makes 
diamonds, and that's what you're going to have to win your league and win that cash. Scotty, I do want to let people know, and you know, I do a streaming defense segment uh, every week on Fantasy Freestyle, and boy, have I been nailing it, Scott. I've been giving out, like, you know, the same defenses we talk about, the Indianapolis Colts, the Tennessee Titans. If you listen to both of those defenses, you got shutouts last week. So let me give you, can I bounce some fantasy defenses that I think are okay to stream this week? I haven't seen your ranks or anything like that, but let me give you a few that I like, and tell me uh, how you feel about them. Okay, Scotty? Uh, yeah, but just real quick, my ranks will be out tomorrow. Uh, okay. A little early for that yet. But uh, one thing that I do when I talk about in my article, uh, and look, this is not a sales pitch. I actually do this, and I'd pay for it if I didn't work for the, the site. Is I consult the daily roto projections when I'm trying to make oh, yeah. a tough decision. Because, you know, they, they give it to you by the actual statistical numbers in the lineup optimizer. And, you know, I'll, go, I'll trust the Daily Roto guys because, you know, uh, even, even if all of us established fantasy experts, we want a second opinion sometimes. We have sure. tough decisions. So that's my source. And why I'm talking about this with defenses is because, you know, a lot of people by default will look at defenses and assume points allowed when it's really about sacks and turnovers. And That's I'll right. always look on Sunday morning or Saturday Saturday morning. I'll look I'll look at the Daily Roto lineup optimizer to see which defenses they project to score the most points. And you know I sometimes I readjust my ranks because of that. Sometimes I uh, I make a decision like if I have a tough call between say say Buffalo and Seattle and they like Buffalo better, I uh, they they help me make the decision. So sometimes daily advice can really help you in seasonal. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, Scott, like, in essence, we are down to a daily, we're down to a DFS tournament here. Like, there's only one week left. It's not seasonal even anymore, right? It's a one-week thing, very similar to DFS. So we do worry about these matchups, uh, you know, and things of that nature. Let me bounce off, let me bounce some defenses off you that I, I, I like this week. First of all, Scotty, I look at the, to you talk about Daily Roto, right? I look at the totals in Vegas. Okay, and there are some low totals this week. For example, Washington against Tennessee is a 37 total. To me, that means both of these defenses are viable. I mean, we're talking about Josh Johnson, you know, for this Tennessee defense. I was on the Tennessee defense for a couple of weeks looking for this matchup. Washington is banged up, has no playmakers, have no offensive line, is on their fourth quarterback. And the Washington defense has been pretty stout all season long. I think this total is pretty much correct at around 37. I think both of these defenses are viable this week. What do you say? I, I certainly agree with you. Yeah. It's All right. A, cool. Josh Johnson's been out of the league for a long time for a reason. Absolutely. Um, I am going to also be this week on, I, they're probably owned, but I love the Dallas defense this week. They got Tampa Bay uh, coming in and, you know, listen, they get back home. I think they are a little bit, I think it needs to be kind of a get right spot for them. They have a lot to compete for. And as you know, Jameis Winston will turn the ball over, right? So this idea of sacks and turnovers, I think Dallas is primed to have a nice week defensively as well. Scotty, what do you think? Yeah, usually they are one of the top defenses there. And, you know, sure. They get, they get a good pass rush, too. Uh, you know, now they have both of the top linebackers back, too. Uh, you know, last week, though, they just they, they got trucked, you know, last yeah. week. by, by the, Is the Tampa Bay really in position lineup. to do the same thing, yeah, though? But to, well, I'm about to finish that, though. But Tampa Bay's, you know, not the same as Indianapolis. It's the Indianapolis has gone from having one of the worst offensive lines in football to having one of the best. 
Yep. Um, give me the Minnesota Vikings this week against the Detroit Lions. Listen, the Detroit Lions are, you know, kind of unraveling. Matthew Stafford is real banged up. They have no real options on the outside. Outside of who? Our guy, Scotty. Galladay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, but they have no options. Even if Kerryon Johnson kind of returns, I think Matthew Stafford is banged up. I think Minnesota has all to play for. Detroit does not. I like the Minnesota defense this week. Yeah, and uh, eight sacks last week, too. Sure. Uh, you know, they've played really well the last two to three weeks. Yep. Um, so one other ones I'll give you, and these kind of are kind of obvious ones to me, but obviously you like the Bears defense in San Francisco against the hapless Niners. You like the Rams defense in Arizona against those Cardinals. So those are obvious, but those defenses are owned probably already. Um, what about the Denver defense, Scotty? I like Denver in Oakland on Monday night. Um I like, listen, they even held Baker to only 17 points last week. And listen, o- same kind of situation. Oakland, very little to play for on this one. What do you think about Denver, Von Miller, and Bradley Chubb getting pressure on Carr? Yeah, I, I certainly like that too. It's a divisional game. Could tend to be lowest scoring. Uh, you see right now in the passing game, uh, you know, Jordy Nelson's playing okay, but uh, ever since they lost Amari Cooper, you know, they haven't had a lot of weaponry. You know, they rolled up some surprising amount of points two weeks ago, but. You know, I still like Denver. Like Denver's defense has been a little overrated this year, but uh, mm-hmm. I think when the matchup is right, you still roll them out. Yeah, good spot. The only other game that I'll highlight right now, Scotty, is, you know, again, you talked about Daily Roto as a source. I also look to Vegas as a source. Okay, this Jacksonville-Miami game, Scott, the total is 39 right now, so Vegas does not expect a lot of points to be scored. I guess the only question I have is, like, you know, Miami still technically has something to play for. Jacksonville does not, and Jacksonville has impressed me as a team that, you know, is not going to have a lot of fight, to be quite honest, is going to roll over now that they don't have much to play for. Doug Marone, they're talking about his job security. Leonard Fournette, they're talking about it was like in the game plan for him to get a limited amount of snaps. It just steam, It just sounds like a stinker out there in Jacksonville. How would you play that game defensively, the Jaguars and the Dolphins? Because generally, I would like both of these defenses, but I'm a little bit concerned about how much heart the Jags have, quite frankly. Well, first off, Miami's at home. And they, they do play better at home. That's true. So that takes me off a little Jacksonville. But, yep. you know, I, I think I think it's dangerous when you assume that a team's just going to lay down and not play for anything. You know, I don't think you can, I, I don't think you can attribute that to an entire team. I, I think okay. there are a lot of guys who are playing for jobs, whether it's internally or externally. And, uh, you know, like we saw two weeks ago, Jacksonville had nothing to play for. And they, they, they showed up and they – they shut out. They they shut out Indianapolis. So I think it's dangerous to assume that. You know, there's there's a lot of teams that appear they have nothing to play for. But you know, look at Oakland, Cincinnati last week. You know, neither team had anything to play for. But uh, you know, the I think the teams played scrappy. Uh, Oakland has played scrappy the last three weeks. I, I I just think when it comes to a talent perspective, that offense of Jacksonville is so limp that even if they put in top effort. They're not going to get anything, and that's going to cause their defense to spend a lot of time on the field, I think. Okay, fair enough. So those are some defenses that I have my eyes on, right? This Washington-Tennessee game, Dallas against Tampa, Minnesota against Detroit, Denver against Oakland. Those are some defenses, although be it, you know, maybe Dallas and Minnesota are owned already. Obviously, the Bears and the Rams probably are as well. So, you know, Minnesota, Washington, Tennessee, 
Denver. Those are some defenses I like. Are there any others out there? I know you're still working on some of these, but you mentioned wanting to talk a few defenses to stream. Did I get uh, most of them, or are there other nuggets that you like uh, for streaming defenses for the championship week? I, I love the Colts playing against the Giants. Uh, mm. you know, the, Colts, the Colts have had two double-figure performances in their last three games. They just shut out Dallas, and now they're playing the Giants. I, I think the Colts are a terrific start this week. And, uh, okay. Uh, you know, I'm on the fence with, with, with New Orleans. It's like they're playing against Pittsburgh. That could they be played, tough. That they, could they, be an up-and-down game. They, they, they've played so well recently. It's, uh, they haven't allowed more than 17 points in any, any game recently. Then you look at the Chargers against Baltimore. Yeah, you're going to keep the score down, but is, is Baltimore really going to turn the ball over? Yeah, that's so right. I, I don't I don't know if I'm so hot on them either. Here's my concern with New Orleans. OK, and um, and you talk about sacks and turnovers, right? Not necessarily points. I think Pittsburgh can put up some points, but I think the sacks won't necessarily come yet either. Remember, Big Ben dealing with those ribs, Scotty. And what I saw at least last week was that part of the Pittsburgh game plan was to get the ball out of Big Ben's hands as quickly as possible it looks like they don't you know they're going to game plan to try to prevent big ben from taking many sacks yeah i think you're probably right about that it's like it's it's a defense that i want to start but i i just can't justify it right you know okay. this is well, does it become enough of a shootout too where you start to lose points uh for 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 points allowed right. you get to it you get they to get a over 30 or something that. like that yeah you get to a certain point with that and then yeah, uh, you know of course the texans have played They've played okay, you know, but, uh, you know, only six defensive points in the last two weeks, but they do go to Philadelphia, and, uh, you know, I'd be surprised if Philadelphia can play as well as they did last week. Yeah, they are coming off a 30-point effort, but I hear what you say, and the Texans definitely have a lot to play for, and J.J. Watt, Davian Clowney, and Whitney Merciless may be all over Nick Foles. So there are some defenses tomorrow, Scott. We'll dive into these Week 16 games. We'll give you leans on point spreads, totals, and fantasy nuggets. Keep it locked to the morning after here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, signing off for today. Have a great fantasy day, Scotty.